This podcast is brought to you by Life Mastery Course. Get 90% off enrollment today at livewellacademy.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters Podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, this is Ryan Levesque here, and on today's show, we are bringing you part two of our interview series with the 2018 accredited speakers. On today's show, we will meet three more accredited speakers, rounding off the six that were crowned in 2018. So let's get right to the interviews. Joining us from Los Angeles, California, our next guest is Maurice Demino. Maurice, welcome to the Toastmasters podcast. Ryan, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Maurice, I first want to ask, could you share with us a little bit about your background and your experience as a speaker? Well, it's one of my favorite stories. My financial advisor said, what are you doing a Thursday morning at 7 a.m.? I said, sleeping. So he said, like, why don't you come to a meeting? And it was a Toastmasters meeting. And that was back in 2002. And Ryan, I never looked back again because of Toastmasters. It totally changed my life in that uh, now I'm a professional speaker for the last 10 years doing my own content, which is the philosophy of WIN, W-I-N. It's the who you are, your integrity, your network, as well as being a contract speaker for one of the top contract uh, seminar companies here in America. So this is what I do. Uh, you're hearing it, you're listening to it, uh, and I absolutely love what I do. And if I could uh, entice anyone, encourage anyone uh, to do the same, uh, I hope our little time together will encourage people not only to look into the career of speaking, but as well as uh, the accredited speaker program. Maurice, you are already a successful professional speaker. When you threw your hat in the ring for this whole accredited speaker thing, you, you weren't an aspiring professional speaker or transitioning into it. So what was it that convinced you to roll up your sleeves and uh, jump in and take this challenge of, of getting the accredited speaker designation? Well, that's uh, simple. It's uh, two words. Cheryl Rausch. <laughs> uh, she uh, uh, she uh, she actually uh, joined us. Uh, she was one of our keynote speakers at uh, District 52's uh, TLI, and I believe this was uh, December of uh, two, uh, 2017. And she said, she says, Maurice, you have too much experience under your belt. You are an accredited speaker. You're going for it. And because of her encouragement and other accredited speakers' encouragements, uh, Terry Mayfield, Ellie Kay, Bob Huey, I mean, I can go down the whole laundry list. Uh, within one month, uh, because a due date is at the end of January uh, to make it for the August International Convention, I was able to pull it together. I stood on the shoulders of giants. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, and, and again, what I love about the accredited speaker program, all the previous accredited speakers, they're ready to step up uh, and help anyone uh, to be an accredited speaker. And I'm glad that now I am in that position to help anyone to do the same. Wow. Wow. I, you know, there may be someone else out there, but gosh, I don't know who it might be if there is someone who's done more for promoting the accredited speaker program within the Toastmasters world. Congratulations to Cheryl for another feather in her cap. And uh... She deserves all the accolades. She definitely does. She's quite, she's quite an inspirational person, and she does believe in the accredited speaker program. So thank you, Cheryl, and uh, definitely unbelievable person. Very cool. What does it mean now to have the accredited speaker designation, and how important is having the designation versus the journey and the process that you went through to, to get the designation? You have to understand the pedigree. 
uh, the accredited speaker program uh, began back in 1981. And, you know, they're not passing this around like it's nuts and candies during Christmas, like it's nothing. Uh, it's a very awaited program, uh, not only the application, uh, but the various stages that they have to go through even to make it to the stage at the international uh, international convention. So I look at it as, hey, you know, there's a couple challenges I have to make. Yeah, sure, I'm a professional speaker for the last 10 years, but how do my peers view me? Now that this very select group of peers, how would they view me? And quite simply, Ryan, do, do I have the chops? And I couldn't think of a better uh, hurdle uh, to to surmount uh, or a mountain to surmount than the accredited speaker program. Because look at that. Uh, it began in 1981. And up to that point of last year's international convention of 2018, only 75 have made it. So this is a very select group of people. Uh, they went through the same thing I went through, the same hurdles. And I'm just curious, what do they think of me? So for me, it was, may I say, a personal feather. Uh, and, and, and yes, I let people know that I made it. Trust me, I do wave it around. But for me personally, going through that journey was a, a personal feather. Were there any unique challenges or surprises in the process? For the last 10 years, I've been giving long form uh, talks, you know, three hours, seven hours, 14 hours. In other words, half days, full days and multiple days. When I went through this process, they said, OK, we need a 20 a minute uh, video, uh, a complete message, no editing, no nothing. And I'm like, can I present my talk in 20 minutes? And yes, I get it. Uh, you know, I still belong to Toastmasters. I have done the two-minute inspiration. I have done the traditional five to seven minutes. And I didn't think that I will be able to show myself, to show my true professionalism to these other select group of people. So that would really made me concerned. So I, I submitted my video. Sure enough, I made it. And then again, they says, okay, you have uh, an 18-minute presentation on the stage in Chicago. And again, Ryan, I'm like, can I put together an 18-minute? And I know some people are like, what do you, what do you mean? You, you put five to seven minutes, uh, maybe eight to ten minutes in, in, uh, for, the, for regular clubs that you belong to. I could do that, but for some reason, I think it was the criteria, the, the people who were watching me. Can I be able to show them what I got? So that was one unbelievable challenge. Now, think of it this way. Now I'm concerned. Can I show who I really am on that stage in that 18 minutes? And not only that, when I got to that stage – it finally dawned on me, wait a minute, I'm going to be presenting to those people that I want to prove that I'm on this I'm this person. And I can't speak for the rest of uh, my colleagues that made it uh, this past year in 2018 at the, the Chicago International Convention. But, Ryan, I have never been so more nervous uh, to present. Sure, I'm a little nervous here and then. And, and I guess the reason I want to share this, I want to let other speakers know and other people uh, that I go for the credit speaker program. Yeah, even to this day, uh, I still get nervous. But to the degree before I jumped on the stage in Chicago, oh my gosh, I was sh uh, I was shaking, I was sweating. It was it was unbelievable. This is what the whole program is about. Even though you're having all these things thrown at you, well, guess what? You still have to deliver. And I'm not just talking about the international convention. I'm talking about when you have to go deliver to a Rotary Club when you're giving a free 20 minute or when you do a lunch and learn at a corporation or when you go and be invited to a, a, an event uh, to give a half day, no matter what is thrown at you, you still have to come through. And if I had to learn anything, I learned that when the stakes were against me, when the challenges were up and, and my, and I was just totally nervous, I was still able to get up there and deliver for my audience. So that was that was a, a nice a nice accomplishment again a personal accomplishment that I was able to come through and evidently I must have did well uh, again be, becoming the 78th person 
uh, to receive such a designation. Mm. I love that you share the nervousness that you experienced, Maurice, because I think a lot of people listening up until this point may have thought, oh, geez, easy for this guy who's already a paid professional speaker <laughs> presenting day-long workshops. <laughs> Ryan, I mean, I, I I can't go into the details, but I, I almost didn't leave my hotel room. That's how nervous I was. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then I have to say, uh, my girlfriend, Heidi Lee, she says, come on, we, you're presenting in 20 minutes. And, you know, I had to get down there and get my seat. And I, it was it was that nervous. And in fact, I was shocked. And again, here's the beauty of it. The people who were judging me that I wanted to prove myself to guess who were my greatest allies there? The other credited speakers. Mm. They they were there to they to say hey don't worry you could do it we and, and it was it's, a, it's an amazing uh, group of people they they were they were my my biggest support unit even though in 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 like twenty minutes they were going to be my biggest judges. <laughs> do you know right. what I mean? It was yeah. it was crazy, but it was it, I think that's what made me help it through. So here here's another lesson. I always like to leave people with lessons. Why not have a speaker buddy? Why not have work with somebody that can encourage you, listen to you, saying, hey, no, you're doing fine and all that. Hey, you may want to try this the next time and all that. If it wasn't for my accredited speaker buddies, I don't think I, I don't I don't think I'm was it, but it had been that able to, or to deliver that well of a presentation uh, back in August. Mm, wow. And Maurice, as we finish up here, I'd, I'd love to hear with the compressed format of being on the stage in Chicago, did you end up taking one of your longer presentations and shrinking it down to fit the time or an excerpt from it? Or did you come up with something new? Sure. The best advice I, I would give is you got to speak about what you know about. And that's what I did. So I took one of my presentations. And again, how can I make it make sense? Uh, because maybe it takes me half an hour to do it or it's an hour type of thing with activities and all that because I'm very big into audience participation. So what I did was I took uh, content that I knew, so I'm confident with that so I could bring that and really show my best. How can I take this and present it in 18 minutes so that it does make sense? There's no dead ends. Uh, it's it's a, a beginning, a middle, and end. And uh, it, was, it was a great learning piece for me. Because when I began my career it was you know five to seven minutes, and now I'm up to three a uh, three day programs, so it was interesting for me to now go in reverse, take that three day programs, and present it in eighteen minutes. Maurice Domino, thank you so much for joining us. And where can people go to learn more about you? Well, definitely join me on my website, mauricedomino.com. Just as you see it's spelt there, just put a .com at the end of it. And for those of you that are interested in the accredited speaker program, definitely reach out to me. And I'll be, just as the past uh, accredited speakers were, I'll be more than happy to be of assistance to you. So definitely come check me out at mauricedomino.com. Thanks so much, Maurice. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. us from Reston, Virginia, our guest is Tamara Smiley Hamilton. Tamara, welcome to the Toastmasters podcast. I am excited to be here, Ryan. I'd like to ask you to start out, Tamara, if you could share with us a little bit about your background as a speaker, as a Toastmaster, and what exactly was it that made you decide to step on the path toward accredited speaker? I started speaking as a child. So I was one of those kids that the parents, the church, the community was always saying, let her say it, let her do the introduction. And I was a graduation speaker in my high school. So I came to Toastmasters thinking that I really don't have that much growing to do because as a coach for the National Education Association and as manager of their training and organization development division, 
I was always on a big stage. I was on international stages. And then the more I got into it, I realized that I, too, could grow. I've been a Toastmaster for almost 10 years, and it's been the best experience of my life. My background is in communications, and I've had some experience as a college professor. So again, public speaking was always there. But Toastmasters provided the discipline and the organization and the platform skills that I realized that I had been missing. How did you pivot from a Toastmaster to someone pursuing the accredited speaker designation? Where did that shift take place for you? I had read about it for probably 10 years, and it seemed so unobtainable to me. But then I did something that I would encourage anyone thinking about taking this path, is I went to my first Toastmasters convention, and I sat there in the audience, and I watched three people try for that designation. While I was watching them, it dawned on me that it was attainable. And from that moment on, I put my sights towards becoming an accredited speaker. And I talked to Cheryl Roush. She didn't even know me. And I saw her at the business meeting, and I very timidly went up to her and said, I want to become an accredited speaker. And she said, I'll help you. So many people reached out because when you do make that shift and decide to become an accredited speaker, you have the availability of mentors. Cheryl's name is one that seems to come up quite often in these conversations, for sure. (laughs) One important thing I did was I joined Extra Club. And the reason for that is I wanted to speak every week. Not only did I speak at all my clubs, I got on the agenda at other clubs, and that gave me a lot of practice. That's an excellent suggestion, really, for anyone who's trying to very intentionally up their game as a speaker, whether they're going for accredited speaker or not. Tamara, you mentioned earlier that there was a time when you looked at the accredited speaker and thought it was just beyond you, something that was unobtainable for you. I'm really curious to know, what was the biggest challenge that you faced in the process? Deciding on the right speech. I kept changing the topic, like, what is the topic that will resonate with the judges, but also allow me to showcase the best of my skills. And what was it that you did end up speaking about on stage in Chicago? I changed the topic literally two weeks, 13 days before the presentation. Wow. It didn't sound authentic. It didn't sound like I was speaking directly to you. And even though I knew there would be perhaps a thousand people in the audience I still wanted to be able to touch the heart of the individual person so that that person felt like I'm talking directly to you. That was a challenge. And I come from the area of conflict resolution and diversity and really bringing peace to a situation, whether it's a relationship issue or whether it's at work, whether it's in the community. So I decided to do a case of something I had just done the previous week. I had facilitated a very contentious board meeting. And in a two-day process, I was able to bring peace to a board that had been fighting for a couple of years. I thought about what did I do and how did I make that come about? So my speech ended up being from chaos to compassion, a case study in conflict resolution. And I gave them a behind-the-scenes view of what it's like to walk into a war zone and be able to bring the peace. 
wow, what a risky move to change your topic right at the last minute. But it looks like in this case, your risk certainly paid off. The bigger goal, too, is to touch the hearts of the audience. The reason why that was so important to me was I had the opportunity to work with Dr. Dillip. And Dr. Dillip had come in second in the World Championship of Public Speaking and held one of the highest offices in Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. And what Dr. Dillip said to me was, I always begin with one question before I even write the speech. And I said, what is that question? And he said, what does the audience need from me? Mm. In other words, how can I be of greatest service to the audience? That was a game changer, Ryan, because we are focused on performing and delivering the speech, showing that we have mastered certain skills and competencies. But in this case, and I think that's when I went to the next level of Toastmasters, is when my ego came down and my service radar went up. What does the audience need from me? It was like bingo. I knew there is conflict in this world, whether it's in the workplace, in the family, on the job. Everybody has been engaged in some form of conflict or while they're sitting in that audience, they know that they're still managing a conflict. And that's what I thought the audience needed. How do you bring a peace? How do you manage a conflict in such a way that people don't leave feeling broken, but people feel more united and more whole, and they can be authentic in their relationship with one another? Tamara, I know that this journey for you was not just checking a box. Could you share with us how has becoming an accredited speaker changed your life for the better? It's changed my life in so many ways. Number one, I am a more impactful speaker. I've been a very polished speaker, but impact, I'm a more impactful speaker, meaning that when I do speak, the way that I choose my words, the emphasis in my voice, my ability to pause at strategic times has helped my message to resonate with people in a much different way. And also because I use my accredited speaking, realizing that I am wearing that pin along with 80 other people in the world. There's a, a standard of excellence that I know I have to uphold. It's part of my value system. So now when I speak, I'm asking, what does the audience need from me? But when I take it into my practice as a diversity and inclusion practitioner, even when I stand before a staff giving an introduction to what I'm about to do, I use all of the speaking skills. I'm remembering why did they contract with me in the first place? Where are their pain points? And how can I be of service to them? So I notice how I will move closer to the audience when I'm making a particular point, how I will pivot from right to left, and how I only move when I'm moving for emphasis, impact, time, or to really, really make a point or transition. So I'm very mindful, even in a conference room, how I'm moving 
because no matter where I stand, it's my stage and it's my platform. For listeners who are discerning enough to hear, uh, I think you've given a workshop here today about speaking in the context of this interview. (laughs) (laughs) Tamara, were there any surprises along the way? What surprised me most, I got a call from the White House and they had a specific need to provide a workshop on mastering public speaking skills to presidential appointees. Because at the end of President Obama's term, those presidential appointees would then be seeking job opportunities and would have to make presentations and go through job interviews. And that was the most rewarding thing about the entire process. Wow. That right there sounds like it could be a whole other interview to crack into the details of that. (laughs) Tamara Smiley Hamilton, accredited speaker, thanks so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story. And joining us now from Reno, Nevada, is Terry Watson, accredited speaker. Welcome, Terry. Thank you. Can you just share with us a little bit about what you're doing in Reno? Well, tomorrow I'm speaking to about 150 people on basically uh, how to grow your business, how to be profitable, and customer experience, which is what I talk about the most. So I always fly in the day before, you know, run into all the travel issues. I see people who fly in the day they speak, and I just look at them and go, rookie. First timer, first timer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clearly not an accredited speaker. <laughs> no, no. So uh, speaking of, Terry, that is, of course, what we're here to chat about today. Can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you became interested in the accredited speaker program? I live in Chicago, and there happens to be two other accredited speakers. Now, which is very odd because there's not even 100 accredited speakers. Three are in Illinois. I happened to attend an event, and the speaker, his name is Johnny Campbell, phenomenal. And when he was done speaking, I came up to him, told him what a great job he did. He had this big, massive pen on his chest. He looked like Patton, and it said, accredited speaker. And I said, I said, Johnny, what is, what is that? I said, did you win the World Championship of Speaking? And he said, no. He said, they're two different things. He said, an accredited speaker is someone who is good enough to be paid. They're a professional speaker. They have high caliber of professionalism, speaking excellence, and they're at the top of their speaking game. That's an accredited speaker. And I said, so who accredits you? He said, Toastmasters. I said, since when is this? I I didn't even know anything about it. (laughs) Toastmasters has an amazing reputation. Toastmaster is putting their, attaching their reputation to you. It's like, People attend Harvard, they attend Yale, they go there because the reputation of that school to say that you attended, you're, you're lending their reputation. So the accredited speaker really is a big deal. And I didn't know anything about it. And I said, well, how do you do it? How do you become one? So I started researching. And when I looked at what it took to become it, I said, well, wait a minute. I've been a professional speaker for years. I'm a certified speaking professional from the National Speakers Association. I'm in the top five percent of speakers my tax return says professional speaker under occupation i mean that's all i do is speak i get money from no other place Uh, i said i'm already doing this but the challenge i had with the accredited speaker was when i looked at the rules you have to give a 20 to 40 minute speech minimum 20 minutes no more than 45 minutes and it has to be in front of a live audience well the majority of my keynotes are 90 minutes they're not 45 So for two or three years, I wanted to be in the program, but I couldn't because I did not speak 
for that period of time. What I did was I found someone who hired me. I was speaking for two days and I said, look, Terry, we'd like you to do a TED talk the day one and it's going to be you and five other people and you just speak for 15 minutes. And I took the person aside. I said, look, I said, if I rock it out and I rock the room, can you let me keep going? I said, I'm, I want to apply for something called accredited speaker and my presentation has to be 20 minutes minimum, no more than 45. I said, can I go to 45? They said, please. So that's how I was able to submit my presentation. In addition to the credential, if you will, I'd really like to know how did the process shape you into a better speaker? The steps that they make you go through are things anyone who is a professional speaker or a professional business person should do. Because a lot of people who consider themselves speakers don't really have a job. It's not a job. It's not a profession because they're not making a profit. They really aren't making – they might make some money, but they're not making a profit. And according to the IRS, if you don't make a profit, it's a hobby. So the steps that you go through with this program are the exact same things a professional speaker should be doing. And it made me do things that I should have been doing that I was not doing even though I've been in the game for – approaching 20 years. I was not getting testimonial letters when I spoke, which I should have. I mean, it just, I, I still cringe that than doing that. And the program required that. The program also requires certain record keeping. One challenge I see a lot of truly professional speakers make is they're so busy that they're working in their business instead of on their business. And the process for the accredited speaker forces you to work on your business. It forces you to have a process. You must do this. Your form needs to do this. You need to track this. You need to send this in. And believe it or not, as simple as that seems, the majority of professional speakers do not do that. So what's good about it is it's, it's a back-to-basics type stuff for you. Terry, you mentioned that you spoke about customer experience in Chicago. Can you share with us a little bit more about the content of that talk? A lot of people focus on customer service. Well, customer service is one of the worst things you can do. It even when you tell someone you're sending them the customer service, it, it creates a bad emotion for them. Customer service is associated to negative stuff. You want to focus on experience, and I talked about focusing on value versus service. For example, I have a very expensive watch that's been in a drawer for five years. I wear my Apple Watch because that expensive watch will not tell me if I'm about to have a cardiac event. It won't change the time when I land in another city. It won't tell me if I'm getting a text. I can't take, I can't make a call with it if I don't have my phone. So my Apple Watch provides more value. And the mistake that people make is they focus on service versus value, which are two entirely different things. Terry, finally, I want to ask you, what advice do you have for others who might be interested in pursuing the accredited speaker designation for themselves? I did not know that the accredited speakers, they have a mentor program. You absolutely want to reach out to those mentors. If you go to Google and type in accredited speaker mentors, and you will get, and to my knowledge, I believe there's about 38 right now, 38 people who are already achieved the accredited speaker and they will help you through the process. Like, first of all, there's a lady by the name of Cheryl Roush. I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to beg you to reach out to her. Kai Rambo, Johnny Campbell, Bob Idea Man Hui. Those are people who I spoke to afterwards. But Johnny Campbell, for example, I spoke to him and I said, Johnny, I'm doing my presentation tomorrow. Any advice? He said, Terry, 
He said, what do you normally do when you're on stage? I said, I make people laugh till they snort and while their mouth is open, I jam the information down their throat. He said, <laughs> do that. He said, be you. And that's what I did on stage. So number one, I would say is reach out to the mentors. Number two, critical is get the judges ballot. How can you do a presentation and not know what you're judged on? The other thing that you definitely should do is you want to look at as many previous presentations as you can possible. That's possible because it'll show you where you're at, what you should do, what you should not do. Also, reach out to the mentors. And one of the questions you want to ask them is, if you had to do this all over again, what should you change? Another question you want to ask, is there anything I absolutely should not do? When you're on that stage, know that you are going to be incredibly nervous, incredibly nervous. I have three thousand events, literally 3,000 speaking events underneath my belt. And I was nervous as can be when I was on that stage. But know that you're not competing against the other people like the World Championship of Public Speaking. You're only competing against yourself. The judges are looking at a ballot and they're making sure that you hit the stuff on the ballot. Please also go to YouTube and type in accredited speaker and watch every video you can from accredited speakers there telling you about the program, what you need to do, everything. Also, look up the people who are accredited speakers, go to their websites, watch their videos, look at their stuff so you could see and go, okay, this is the things I should be working on. The other thing is speak as much as you possibly can, even while you're in the process, as much as you possibly can. Because when you get on that stage, odds are something's going to go wrong. I mean, it, it always does. When I gave my presentation, my mouse stopped working, my computer had a problem, uh, the person advancing my slides put the video on me versus the slides. I mean, all types of stuff happened. Mm. And, but the challenge is I've had so many problems and so many presentations. I just looked at it and said, okay, another day in paradise. And I just kept going through. The mistake I think a lot of people make is something goes wrong and it destroys their presentation. If you speak enough and you have enough, enough underneath your belt, by the time you get there, it doesn't matter what happens. One of the quotes I have on my wall is from Renner Gracie. And he says, if you train worst case scenarios consistently, they will no longer be worst case scenarios. Wow, Terry, lots of practical tips and uh, strategies and recommendations in there. That is awesome. Where can people go to connect with you, Terry? Uh, two places, terrywatson.com. And my podcast is The Terry Watson Show. Thank you so much for joining us, Terry. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. If your life is perfect, stop the podcast now. Still with me? Great. I've put together an intensive online course on life mastery at livewellacademy.com. Based on decades of research and experience, I invite you to participate at 90% off the release date rate while I complete all the lessons with the expected completion by the end of 2019. At livewellacademy.com, you will learn how to really connect with others, the tricks of having a strong relationship, what you need to know about your health and staying fit, how to increase your overall well-being, how to be a better person, how to be a responsible member of society through improving your critical thinking skills, how to be more creative, how to sell, how to handle money and make more of it, 
Learn about all the major religions of the world. Learn about getting a job and creating one. Learn about success and how to achieve it, and more. This course is a result of the continued research that suggests that adults in the United States today are woefully unprepared for today's social and professional environment. People struggle with effective communication, relationships, weight and health issues, depression, life purpose, achievement, discerning fact from fiction, selling ideas to others, earning enough to live comfortably, finding jobs, and overall peace of mind. These are problems that get in the way of living a happy and fulfilling life when one's energy is spent on just trying to get by. This course addresses each of those problems and many more with the goal of helping you avoid those problems while focusing on what energizes you most. By the end of the course, you will be on the right track to designing the life you want to live and living it well. Register today at livewellacademy.com while the 90% discount lasts.